five. Steeler fans, welcome to this evening's episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? Oh, it was a lot of fun tonight, Lance. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, <laughs> a, a, a very, very typical game for a two and five team as the Pittsburgh Steelers fell 16 to 10 in Miami tonight to the upstart Miami Dolphins in uh, a, a bipolar game, I think is probably the best way to put it. Defense destroyed utterly, terribly, first two drives of the game and played remarkably well the rest of the way, except for the fact that they dropped four interceptions. Four interceptions, Lance. Four of them. Offense didn't do a thing pretty much the entire night, and there really isn't a whole lot to dive into with that. We're going to try anyway, though, here on the New Standard Podcast. What was your viewing experience like, Lance? Um, How did that go you know, for you? I, I, I've tried to, and before we hop into the show, and before I give my comments, if you want to catch us, go to YouTube, do a search for the New Standard, and Neil Kulong and or Lance Williams. Also, you can go to your podcast feeder, do a search for the New Standard and Steelers, and please like and subscribe to the program. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a zen-like approach, Mr. Kulong, this year, and uh, I'm going to take a step back, refocus, and be zen-like. So I'm going to say, woo-sah. As Steeler Nation, I'm sure, is very upset they're a two and five team now, and, and and they look pretty much like a two and five team. I, I think you have to start looking at this season for different things outside of the record to be encouraged by. Um, there were some things to be encouraged by in this game. Uh, obviously, I think the defense, like you said, after the first two drives, played much better football. Um, I think the running game kind of played a little bit better today. Um, overall, you know, this is kind of just what the Steelers are. I mean, I don't know. Um, I picked the Steelers to win 21-20. Um, but, you know, if they cannot score any more points than this, I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, it's, it's just not – I mean, forget sustainable. I mean, you can't win. If this is what it is, I mean, you can't win if, if this is what it is. You've got to be able to generate some more points and you've got to be more explosive. Let's jump into a couple of numbers from the game and I, I'm going to throw the numbers out and uh, I'm going to get your perspective from it. But I want to jump into comments from Wes Hickok and, and, and welcome everybody to the program. And, and, and Wes, even before the show started, got us started and, and was fired up. And this is what I think uh, the nation thinks about Kenny Pickett tonight, that the Pickett was a terrible draft pick. Dude sucks. Seven interceptions in four games. His decision-making and his ability to read a defense are atrocious. What This is what I'll say. And I want you to comment on that, uh, Neil. You get what you get with a rookie. Kenny Pickett is a rookie. That he's going to show flashes, and there's going to be times when he does not play well. 
He flashed on that long drive where they scored, which was the longest drive of the year. But, but, there, but, but there's going to be, remember. but there's going to be instances where he's going to look exactly like this guy. I think you got to take a step back and say, Peyton Manning threw a ton of interceptions in his first year. If you're just looking to for something to make you feel okay about it, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is going to be Peyton Manning. I'm just saying that you're going to see a high level of variance in his play because he's a rookie with a with an okay offensive line with a struggling running game. You know, he's going to be that guy. So I don't mind the mistakes. It's unfortunate. It cost them tonight. But, but what's your thoughts about uh, Wes's comment? Um, it, it's, you know, probably more emotion fuel than what reality is. But he, he was bad tonight. He was flat out bad. Um, we saw some good things. Somebody mentioned that the throw down the middle to, to Frymouth that he made. That was a that was a high level throw. You're, you're excited about that. You're happy about that. I thought he was managing things very well um, until he wasn't on those last two drives. And he made the two dumbest mistakes that he's made probably this season uh, on both of those throws. You have to be able to finish, not to, to be cliche or obvious, but he needed to finish and he failed. He had two opportunities to do that. The team had several opportunities, uh, especially in the second half, and they fell short. I, I joked um, about the, the, the curse of, Ben Roethlisberger getting every benefit of the doubt for however long, how that transcended into Mitch Trubisky because everybody gave Mitch Trubisky 10 yards of rope that he, he didn't earn. That same mentality is now going into Kenny Pickett and, and people are, are letting him off the hook for a, a variety of reasons. Rookie or not, the, the decisions he made were flat out bad. And I, it, it, you can't say it cost them the game, but they would have had multiple opportunities to take shots at the end zone with the the you know with the ability to take the lead late in this game and their defense played their butts off for three quarters rough start certainly played very well against tampa bay as well over the last eight quarters their defense has played high level football and the offense hasn't done squat and pickett is first in line for that i'm, I'm sorry if, if people like kenny pickett seems like he's a good kid i'm not writing him off i'm just objectively saying he did not play well tonight, and it's really hard to argue against that. The two interceptions he threw, the first one on banana peel feet, Claypool, whatever it is that happened to him on, on that play uh, early on in the game, I don't know. He fell down. Probably not the best decision to throw that ball anyway, but that interception is on him. The other two, though, terrible decisions, terrible decisions, and it, it cost them opportunities to be able to take the lead in this game. You were not going to be able to get past that, regardless of anything else that he did. He didn't play well tonight, and that that was a big part of the reason why they they lost. I mean, Tua played really well, I thought, the first two possessions of the game and then didn't do anything the rest of the way. The Steelers only gave up 16 points, and they got assaulted in the first two. They gave up 136 yards in the first two drives, and they got 10 points out of it. The Steelers' defense held on, and they shut them out in the second half. Their offense had another 3-3-and-out three, three second half, which is just abysmal. They only had two first downs prior to their last two uh, uh, drives where they turned it over twice. They're, they're killing themselves offensively. And yes, Pickett is a part of that. So is Trubisky. When when he was in, uh, not against Tampa Bay, but prior to that, 
he wasn't doing well. So they, they've got a quarterback problem. They've got an offensive problem. It, it's plain and obvious now, like we just talked about off air, Lance. Uh, they're, they're a two and five team for a reason. We're watching a two and five football team. And look at the Steeler. And like you said, the Steeler possessions. I'm going to give you the last, what is this? One, two, three, four, five. The last seven Steeler possessions were punt, 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 interception, interception. I mean, Miami wasn't much better. They were punt, 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 and then the end of the game. I mean, for the effort that, uh, I mean, for this, this era of offensive football, it was actually offensive. I mean, this was offensive football on the offensive side. And th- this is kind of just where it is at this point. Um, and it's interesting that you say that about Trubisky is because when you throw this all into a pot and you reduce it under a fire, you know, this is just a gumbo. This is just a stew. All the ingredients kind of mix and meld. We would love to find one particular person, one particular thing as the reason for the struggling offense. But unfortunately for them, it's inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, Its scheme is weird at times. It looks like they don't make great. They don't make, uh, they don't call the game in, in terms of a rhythm. Like it just looks like a series of plays, not really trying to set anything up. Uh, you've got inconsistent offensive line play. Uh, you have a running game that is pretty much actually performed, in my opinion, the best that it did tonight. And that's not that good. It just didn't really kill the offense. Like typically where it puts the offense behind the sticks, it, it just wasn't really good. I mean, I, I don't know where you go from here on offense, but I just don't. It just doesn't seem like this offense is going to score 24 points in a game. No, they're not. And it, we know that because they don't. I mean, it, it, it's that simple. Whether it's operational mistakes, which they got another illegal man downfield tonight. I want to talk about that. I want to highlight that a little bit, Lance. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, let's, highlight, let's highlight that shift, too. <laughs> yeah, the shift is is where I'm going with this. I, I want to. I, I really wish we had this on on film. But I want to describe this to people. Recently, the NFL. I forget if it's this year or or last year. The NFL uh, made the rule that you can push an offensive player forward. Miles Boykin is about six five, two hundred and thirty pounds, something like that. And outside of gunning on punts, is relatively useless. Certainly as an offensive player, putting him in motion to line up behind the quarterback gives them the opportunity to have a player with some running momentum all but carry the quarterback forward through the line. That was the entire play. To get an illegal shift, what that means is there were two players going in motion that didn't reset before the ball was snapped. So one player who was not Miles Boykin got up and moved and didn't reset. For that to happen on that play is the most you-have-one-job problem we have seen from the Steelers in a, a very, very long time. It is, it, it, it's inexcusable. And I will put that on whatever player it was. I'll put it on the quarterback to some degree. He's got to control that. But I'm going to put it on Matt Canada as well. Because frankly, 
the the illegal man downfield is another problem that they have. That's not something that, that should continue to happen on a team that wants to run RPOs. You need to practice that. You need to drill that. You need to communicate. They've had, what, four of those this year, something like that. It's inexcusable. You need to control the operations of your offense, Matt Canada. I'm not getting into the play calling. I am talking basically about do the players know that this is what they can and can't do? Why is there so much time between Pickett getting the ball and making a decision? If you want to call RPOs, it needs to be a much smoother operation than what they have right now. That's ridiculous, okay? There are enough problems on this team as it is. The fact that they can't execute uh, disciplinary operational stuff is a significant problem to everything. It just goes to show none of it is working. There's no reason to have confidence in, in anything about this offense right now. And frankly, in, in my mind, those two plays personify it more than anything else. Why, why are there two people moving on that play? There's no reason for that. And they're not just doing it voluntarily. They're obviously confused by something. So what happened? Okay. That kind of thing needs to be fixed. That was third and one. You have to drop gadget plays to convert third and one anyway. And that's, and you ended up screwing the pooch on it. And then you got a holding penalty on top of that. So you went from third and one to third and 16. You wonder why you lose games. You don't score points. And this is a big part of the reason why you don't. And this is why I'm glad I left the comment up. And I'm going to dig into that. And I want you to speak to some of these numbers that I'm going to list to you, not from this game, but these are their drive stats from before this game. And thanks Steelers freak for posting that, that the Steelers are only averaging 14 points per game. And, you know, basically if you're averaging 14 points a game, you're probably lucky that you have two wins, but let me, let me give you some of these stats. And this is from, <laughs> I mean, and this is from football outsider in turn, in terms of their drives. So in terms of net yards per drive, they rank 31st. Um, in, in terms of offensive yards per drive, they rank 30th. They only get 25 yards a drive. In terms of points per drive, they're 31st, 1.36 points per drive. In terms of – and so just those are the two numbers that I really wanted to, to point out. When you're not getting yards or points – I mean, you can just pretty much see those 14 points are translated into those stats. And this offense is just right now, it's just DOA. And I don't, it, it might not matter who's the quarterback. It's this offense is just DOA. So again, this is a developmental year for Kenny Pickett. I mean, that that's what this is. I, and I hope it doesn't fall into the fan base being frustrated every Sunday night because the offense is really bad. But what what are the fixes? I mean, what is your crystal ball telling you, Neil? I mean, wh what can this offense lean on? What can it go to? Does it do anything well to hang its hat on? It doesn't. It, it doesn't. If, if we're if we're going to sit around, I was just commenting on this uh, uh, earlier. If we're going to sit around and talk about uh, the the level of explosive playability that Calvin Austin is going to bring the team, if we're going to talk about bringing McFarland off the practice squad to play, this team's dead in the water. Okay, those aren't those are not solutions. You're not going to be able to add players at this point. Certainly not rookies taken in the middle of the draft and expect things to suddenly change. Their quarterback needs to get a lot better. 
They need to get more consistent play out of their receivers. I thought we saw some decent things from Johnson tonight. I thought Claypool let the team down again in, in ways like he usually does. Offensive line was a little bit better. He got a good game out of Fryermuth. I thought he did really well. Collectively, though, quarterback didn't play well. Adding another receiver to that group is not going to make the quarterback any better at this point. He needs to make better decisions. And to the point where, if, if anything, Lance, if you want me to play this card, I will. You sure you don't want to play Mason Rudolph? Do you really want to win or not? Because honestly, Pickett, I don't know how ready he is. I, after what I saw tonight, I don't know how ready he is. You, the inordinate amount of interceptions that he's throwing. I mean, take out the first one, which all these, it's not his fault interceptions are adding up. I mean, it seems like he's got a lot of them. He had, what, two today. He had, what, one against Tampa Bay. It, it, he's not playing good football. And if you're going to get better as a team, the one sure way to do that is to improve at your quarterback position. I'm not saying that that needs to happen. I'm just saying he's got to play a lot better. Whoever it is that's starting at quarterback next week and and here ends fourth needs to play a lot better than what we saw tonight. That If you yeah. want to improve, that's where the improvement's going to be made. Mason Rudolph is going to get traded mysteriously, mythically, just like Chase Claypool is going to get traded mysteriously and mystically to the Green Bay Packers this week. And I don't want to laugh at anybody who believes that. It could happen. Who knows? But I don't think you could probably trade Claypool for a bag of hot nickels at this point. You could get you could get somebody to take Claypool off your hands for the same reason the Steelers drafted him in the second round. Height, weight, speed. Claypool shows uh, some flashes that he could be a better player. There's going to be a coach and a quarterback who's really going to want Claypool on their team before they really dive into the film and see what type of receiver he is, they'll give up something for that. The question is how much. They're not going to get a whole lot for him during the season, I don't think. And if it, 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 it's really hard to sell the rest of your team that you're trying to win after you bench the veteran quarterback for a rookie who's playing possibly worse than the veteran was, and then you trade away a starting wide receiver for a draft pick that doesn't help you do anything at all right now. The Steelers don't operate like that. They're going to show that they want to compete. Okay. I, I made this comparison before, even if it seems like, and it, they pretty much do, they have a spoon in a gunfight. They're going to fight the hell out of the spoon as much as they can. That's just what they do. Okay. We don't like that. We're not going to like that, but they're not going to trade a starting wide receiver unless they are blown away by an offer. And there is nobody left in the league. that's stupid enough to trade that much capital multi picks for Chase Claypool. You're just not going to do that. I think they're going to try to trade him uh, before the draft. That wouldn't surprise me. A lot of that depends on what they can get out of Calvin Austin, what they'll see in free agency that's available George Pickens is their outside receiver, and Claypool is not a good slot receiver. So I don't know how much of a need you really have for Claypool when you've got Pickens and he's only got a year left. So trading Claypool is not nearly as far-fetched as people think that it is. It's just not a team that is going to sell its assets. It's not the Carolina Panthers here. Um, we've got a week to, to see if that's really the case or not. But I, if they're going to trade Claypool, my guess is they would do it before the draft. It's going to be interesting because when you look at some of these numbers, you're starting to see who Kenny Pickett has a rapport with. And I want to get back to your point about Mason Rudolph real quick. 
when you look at these numbers, Firemuth had nine targets, eight receptions for 75 yards. Pickens was targeted six times, six catches, 61 yards. Uh, you even had Claypool was targeted eight times at five receptions. Deontay Johnson's, his production has suffered uh, with Pickett being in. Again, targeted 10 times in the game, only five receptions, you know, only catching the ball 50% of the time. That's a guy that has to play much better. And there's not much margin of error that you have when you're going to be playing with a young guy like Pickett. But when you mention starting Mason Rudolph, and this is why I kind of like your analogy of a spoon in a gunfight. Uh, because right now the Steelers might not be they might be fighting with a knife and a fork in a gunfight right now and trying to do their best or some nunchucks or whatever, but they're not <laughs> fighting with a gun. They're not fighting back no. with a gun. And no. they're definitely not hiding behind targets. Or if they're fighting back with a gun, it's a paint gun or a cap gun or a pop gun. Rubber but it ain't a gun with gun. bullets. They ain't fighting back. I mean, look. I mean, we both realize this, and this is probably why we're fans of the Steelers, given that we're also from Western Pennsylvania and from the area. They're going to compete. But this is looking more and more like we got to get picket right for next year. Like, I mean, this this is looking like the kids got to play. He He's going to take his bumps. He's going to take his bruises. But the kids got to play. The kids got to develop. Trust me, they're saying fan base, it hurts us much more than it hurts you. <laughs> We're in the building 50,000 hours a week and flying and taking flights and not seeing family. We prep this, do this stuff over and over, and, and a guy gets an illegal shift penalty when all he has to do is sit still. <laughs> Trust me, they're more frustrated than oh. us. But, th- but this is a Kenny Pickett year. This, this is a Kitty Pickett year, and this is a year to get Kitty Wood ready and to figure out also, I'm going to ask you this, Neil. I'm going to guess that Matt Canada ain't going to be around next year as the coordinator. Yes. It's a good hunch. I'm, I'm going to guess he ain't going <laughs> to be sure. around. Pretty sure I'm, I'm that's going to be the I'm going to guess. How would they go about putting the list of names together for the next guy? And how does that relate to the type of football he's playing? Can they look at him from practice and from game film and from tape and figure out what kind of system and coordinator best fits him? And are they starting to do that, assuming Matt Canada ain't going to be here next year? I Honestly, if we could dive into all of that and be completely wrong or be the blind squirrel that finds a nut and, and provide some realistic insight. Or we can just say flat out the leader in the clubhouse is John Sullivan because he's currently in the building and that's who they usually hire as their next offensive coordinator. It's only been one of them that they haven't in a very long time. Um, that, that predates Tomlin. I mean, it, it Sullivan is experienced. He's the current quarterbacks coach. That has typically been a position that has advanced to offensive coordinator uh, within this team. I'm not saying that's good or bad. And regardless of what anybody else says, whatever website you read, they don't know either. Okay. We, we have no idea what the team wants, 
We don't know specifically how to coach the player. We're not coaches. We shouldn't act like we're coaches. We can talk about ideas and schemes and things like that, but unless somebody is currently calling plays, we don't know exactly what they're doing. I don't know what Sean Sullivan will do. I know that he had good experience in uh, New York with Eli Manning. He parlayed that into a coordinator job, I think, in Tampa Bay. Didn't work out necessarily like it doesn't work out most uh, uh, for most offensive coordinators up to and including the last three that we've had <clears throat> for whatever reason. Um, they, they, we're not going to know enough about, about it to answer any of those questions. What we know, though, is this team lacks explosive plays to a large degree. It lacks consistent play from its quarterback. It's not getting above board offensive line play and it's got a bad running situation i don't know how many offensive coordinators would want this job to be honest so talking about who we want to offer it to i think is is probably putting the cart in front of the horse you have the internal candidate he wants a promotion that's probably your best bet you're not getting some hot shot offensive mind to come in to coach kenny pickett and Najee harris they're not nearly as good as people think that they are I've been saying that for however long. You're running into a problem with that. That's probably why you have Matt Canada. Nobody wanted to coach Ben in his last year. What are you going to get out of that? And if you're an offensive coordinator, if you're a good one, your next job is a head coach. You want that opportunity. Do you have the pieces in place to be able to do that in a year or two? Because that's really all you get. I don't, I, I don't think they do. It, it's a reclamation project now. It's not advancing them to top five in the NFL. That's laughable. If the next offensive coordinator of the Steelers, and I agree a thousand percent, by the way, there is absolutely no way Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator next year. There's no way uh, they'll, they'll have him go through the year. Cause why screw up Pickett during the season, keep him safe, keep him on, you know, a, a, a certain track, take things away from Canada. If you really have a problem with what he's doing, but unless he wants to leave, you may as well keep him on staff uh, until you know, the season's up, his contract is up. For how you're going to train the quarterback long-term, it's up to Tomlin. Tomlin is ultimately the one who's in charge of that. Khan has a say in that as well. They're, they're going to find somebody that does things that they want Pickett to, to be doing. Whatever the scheme is, is going to be just around that if Pickett is their guy long-term. Now, to throw the monkey wrench into the whole thing, Lance, would be the idea that the Steelers, if they can't win a game like tonight, to be honest with you, might not win more than five games all year. If they're in position to take a top-flight quarterback, do you do that? I don't know. After watching tonight, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not convinced you want to blow seven overall on a, a, an offensive tackle when you have a great quarterback that's sitting there, somebody that has the physical tools to make the plays that Pickett couldn't make tonight. I'm not against that. Now, I, I, I hate to to get here and go here, and I want to give a big up to LT, big up to LT uh, for chiming in the show. LT wrote, everybody's crying like big toddlers with no pacifier about the loss and Kenny's interceptions. This is not a contender year, you dummies. Kenny is a rookie. I repeat, a rookie. He's learning on the go. It's we're, just we're, the we're talking about him as an NFL quarterback. Whether he's yes. a rookie or not is irrelevant. He's on the field and he's playing and he played poorly. If we want to go below that, yeah, he is a rookie. 
some of these things are to be expected. But he played poorly tonight, and they lost. His offense generated 10 points. We don't get seven points because he's a rookie. All right? We probably lose seven points because he's a rookie. And if you can't overcome that, if you're not showing any signs that you can overcome that, makes you wonder if he should be the quarterback. That That's a fair question. In, in, in a fair world, he would not be the starter. He has played bad enough to not start. If this were Trubisky, he would not be the starter. But it is what it is. We know he's the first-round draft pick. They are going to play him. And this is part of the evaluation. How do you prepare? How do you recover after a bad one? When you've played a bad one, and he is a rookie, C-Mac, it doesn't matter if he's 24. He has not started in a National Football League. So he is a rookie. But, and this is part of the evaluation is, how is he going to recover? How is he going to prepare? How is he going to get better? How is he going to deal with adversity? This is part of the overall evaluation. But I'm going to say this, though. Um, If the Steelers wind up with a top five pick, and right now, I don't know what the standings are across the league, but I, I, I guess that the Steelers are, you know, Steelers are two and five, Cleveland's two and five. Houston would have the number one pick. The Steelers would have a top five pick, I guess, with Denver, the Raiders, Detroit, uh, Arizona. I would guess that Detroit would absolutely take a quarterback um, with their first round draft pick if they get the number one draft pick. Um, but it would be tough, though. It, it it would it 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 would be it would be tough. I think for the Steelers to, to pass up if you had the position to take Stroud or or or, or Bryce Young from Alabama, you, you you I would think you would be stupid not to, because I think you could get off Kenny Pickett relatively easily, and you could flip him into draft assets and capital and take your next guy or and just or hit have the a reset backup. button. A lot of backup quarterbacks. Look, Miami is a, a fairly good team with some flaws, but they're four and three. They probably should be five and two, if not six and one, if they did not have a, a, a slew of injuries at the quarterback position. And plus, they're paying their backup quarterback, Bridgewater, what, like eight million? Pickett's cheap for a couple of years. You don't have to get rid of him just because he's there. I mean, you know, I. Lewis Riddick says this, and I'm sure he's not the one who wrote this. I'm sure there are other people with the same school of thought, but your backup quarterback might even be as much as a top 20 position on your roster. I I think there's value to having one, um, especially if you don't know about the one that you have. Is that not exactly the same problem that Pittsburgh has right now? They don't have enough. Okay. And please don't give me any more of this. Are we the Browns now? Bullshit. Okay. Because the the reality is, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not a good team. If you think that you have a quarterback right now, you're not two and five. Your quarterback did not just throw two interceptions with the game on the line. If you have a really good one, Pittsburgh can't claim that they have one right now. So if they do, probably should be playing a lot better than they are. And maybe there are coaching issues that come into that. If you don't, though, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you need an offensive tackle that badly that you can forego getting a quarterback in the top seven? How many good quarterbacks come beyond the top 10 anyway? Top 12, top 15, not many. You know who went 15 in a six quarterback draft? Mac Jones. You want Mac Jones right now? 
Mac Jones is getting outplayed by something called Bailey Zappi in New England. Not a good player. You'll see them tonight or tomorrow night, excuse me. Putting it all together, if you have that opportunity, I'm not saying to do it. I'm just saying, though, that the dismiss it because we drafted a quarterback last year is is absolute nonsense, okay? Just because you drafted one and missed does not mean you don't have that problem anymore. The problem is still there, clearly. And yes, it, it, as much as I like this example, none of these guys are Josh Allen, okay? Let's please not try to conflate Kenny Pickett with Josh Allen. It's not an experience issue. Josh Allen was an absolute freak of nature that's why he went seven overall okay Kenny Pickett went 20 in a non-quarterback draft and he might not have even gone in the first round if it wasn't for the Steelers so let's let's not act like Kenny Pickett's draft spot is is advanced citizenship in the NFL for him he's clearly he's not that good right now I'm not saying that he's not going to be I'm just saying that there are plenty of reasons for concern we don't need to defend him all the time either Let's just evaluate him for what we see on the field. And we did not see good play from Kenny Pickett tonight. Yeah, and to LT's point, I think LT is going the opposite way in his defense of Kenny Pickett. Because to your point, Neil, if you want to just evaluate the game and just grade him play to play, grade his game out, he played terribly, period. And he's going to tell you he played terribly. He's not going to give himself an excuse. Oh, he's going to say, gonna "I played be, like he's ass." He's going to be royally pissed about that last interception. You know, he's going to be. He, he's going to be. Time. I mean, so that was awful. You can be held. You can be held to the fire, and still be a developmental player. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that that happens all the time in the National Football League. I, I mean, that's yeah, why guys so. get graded. Exactly, and to to your point, you said it before. This year is about Kenny, and that's really that's the decision they made when they took Trubisky out of the game. This is the situation that they brought in. Now, the, the game has changed. You need more. Uh, you need a more compelling reason to take Pickett out now because he's your draft pick. You bench the veteran. It's ride or die with the rookie now. And there's a long time to really evaluate him. So I'm, I'm not talking uh, it, two different parts of this. What I'm saying about the draft really is scout the quarterbacks who are there because you might end up drafting in the top five. And frankly, if you're drafting in the top five, probably means your quarterback didn't play very well. So maybe you should think about taking a quarterback because it's the most important position in the game. And that's where you get the best quarterbacks. You don't get them at 20 overall. Pun intended. On top of that, though, Pickett is your guy now. As far as the pro coaches go, as far as the Steelers internal coaches go, who are not scouting, they're not concerned with that aspect of, of the operation right now. What you're doing is trying to make Kenny Pickett better. Now, what do you need to do with that? A couple of different things, okay? First off, if we go back and look at the last interception, that will be, hopefully, for Kenny's sake, the worst decision and the worst throw he makes all year, all career, because that was bad, okay? Can't have that. He could have run, got the first down, tucked out of bounds, pick up a couple yards, fresh set of down, stop the clock, you have opportunities then to get into the end zone. The throw he made was shallow to the front pylon, which is a really dangerous throw from 20 yards away. Defender does not have a whole lot of space to have to close, and he didn't. Guy made a nice catch, got his feet down, very impressive. You you have to like that about it. Dumb decision, dumb throw. That was a significant play in this game. 
All right. If we are evaluating average Joe player and we look at that, that's bad. You can't get around that. You can't get around that. If he's a 10 year veteran, you can't get around that. If he has literally never played the game before that play didn't help them win the game. They, he had two of those tonight. Okay. The, the out route that he threw on a, a, a limp rope in the rain is look, Kenny Pickett doesn't even have close to the arm to make that throw in that spot. It was just awful. Yes. Yes. I would agree. I would agree with this comment. He was playing hero ball at the end of the game tonight. I feel like he played within himself up to that point. And then we get into a problem with the routes being run, the ability to get open, the lack of separation, the lack of um, dynamic play calling, which I thought was a real problem tonight. Unlike, Maybe not as much in other games, but it was really bad tonight. Pickett took it upon himself to try to win the game. He got a little bit too excited and made some dumb decisions. Okay, yes. we'll we'll I give him a pass right. on that in the, in the grand scheme. But as for the game tonight, he played very poorly, and he was a big part of the reason why they lost. Let's shift a little bit to the running game. I I, I thought the running game. <clears throat> Although it wasn't great, I thought it showed a little bit of strides. Um, I, I, I thought it. I, I thought it got a little bit better. I, I, I thought, not to say that Najee was running with, with much more juice. I, I thought he was a little more decisive. I thought the running game wasn't consistently putting the offense behind the sticks. I saw a little bit of something to be positive about moving forward. What's your thoughts about uh, the running game tonight? Do you think it has improved any, or is it just pretty much the same what we've seen this year? Do we, do we see the line get after a little bit tonight on the ground? I thought we did. I thought that we, we saw um, a couple of really nice runs from Najee, which anybody that's watched this knows I, I have not, exactly giving him the benefit of the doubt i i thought he picked himself up pretty well tonight um running the ball not all the time um holes weren't there all the time but there were cracks which there really kind of haven't been a whole lot as of late i thought that the line showed um a, a little bit more get up at in, in this game than they have uh, in the last couple i i was impressed with that and the numbers kind of bear that out i mean pickett had a nice long run in there but harris had what he had a 14 yarder I think um, yes. not as many 16, 16 as long as, as you and I were joking about earlier this week, Lance, he wasn't clementing the game two one two one two one. He, he had a couple chunk plays in there. Um, it's nice to see, but yes, as, as the comment was brought up, uh, the third down play calling third down execution it was bad tonight. I think that's really where everything got stuck. And from there we get into uh, the, the math game of, plays you don't convert third downs consistently you are not going to run very many plays you're going to have a lot of three and outs you're going to punt the ball a lot their third their third downs were reasonable they didn't have as many third and eight third and nines as we're, as we've used it <laughs> sorry i'm tired as we've gotten used to seeing and that's because they got ahead of a little a little bit first and second down i thought that they gained a little bit more yards than they would have there's a world of difference play calling wise between third and four and third and eight. If you can get to third and four and they're doing that, they're still using Zach Gentry inside and flip, you know, flicking screen passes to him and stuff. 
it, it helps set up a shorter manageable down. The Steelers just didn't exploit that. What what were they on third down tonight? It wasn't good. I mean, the second four, half, 14. they were awful. They were 4-14. They were 4-14 yeah, tonight. That, that might be the worst they've been all season. Um, they, they did not convert those opportunities very well. When you don't get those extra downs, you don't run as many plays. When you don't run as many plays, George Pickens doesn't get the ball as much. I know a lot of people are complaining about that. Why don't you just throw it to Pickens? You can't throw it to just the one guy all the time. And Claypool led in targets tonight with, what, eight? That's not many for for an offense that threw 44 times. Pickett's a little bit more balanced, I think, than um, Trubisky was. But, oh, I'm sorry, Johnson had 10. Frymuth had nine. Claypool had eight. Pickens had six. That's decent balance. But if you get those plays up, Pickens is probably going to get another goal ball at some point. They weren't able to set that up because they got behind on third downs. They had to punt way too often. I don't think the offense needed to be uh, as as unproductive as it was tonight. I, I just don't think they're a good situational team right now. But they ran the ball better on earlier downs than they have in the past. They just didn't they they didn't convert when they needed to. They're doing stupid things like wandering downfield on RPOs and shifting when nobody else needs to move except for the one guy who's shifting. Get rid of those. I, I think they probably have a, a, a more successful offensive game. And if they do that, they they win this game. They should have won this game. That, that's the frustrating part. They played horribly to start the game, but they should have won. They they won the second half. They should have been able to win this game. Yeah, I'm sure Miami. And, and, and that's the thing with these games is that Miami will look and probably say, you know, there's some stuff we left out there, but we're glad to get out of here with a win and get out of here with a victory. I mean, both defenses play end up playing pretty well on both sides of the ball. It's just pretty frustrating that this offense, I don't even know if it's stuck in, I think it's probably stuck in neutral, uh, not necessarily reverse because that would imply movement. Uh, but, you know, th- this offense is just stuck in neutral. I don't know where they necessarily go. And they have a very tough game uh, against uh, Philadelphia coming up. And everybody talking about Claypool going to, to to Green Bay tomorrow. I mean, I think you're right in terms of his physical traits. He has desirable physical traits. But I don't know unless you're a wide receiver whisperer if you think, you know, I mean, I watched the Green Bay game today. I mean, adding Claypool, I don't think, is going to magically, mystically make them better. I think, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers would kill Chase Claypool. I really I mean, do. He he gets pissed enough at his receivers now. I can't even imagine Claypool. Claypool is the opposite receiver. They, they, they drafted an HWS guy. They took Chris Watson out of the North Dakota State University. They're not making a hit with him. What are they going to do with Claypool? Claypool is not... It, it, he is not a good receiver. He's a big player. He comes up with some plays here and there. He's not solving the problems with Green Bay right now. I don't know what Green Bay would give up for him. If it was like for a sixth, I'm sure they would. But Pittsburgh's not taking a sixth for a starter. They're going to want like three picks <laughs> if it's during the season. Um, it's a bad message to send. I don't think the premium that would be paid uh, to get the Steelers to go along with trading a starter would be worth it to anybody. I think they'll just wait for the off season when Pittsburgh is going to want to trade him, and other there'll be more of a market. I think you can get two picks for him then, or maybe a, a 
one premium pick and a swap. I, th I think you could get potentially if there's a market, you might be able to get a, a low two for him, uh, along with like a, a swap of a four and a five, that type of thing. Um, that market will materialize before the draft. It's not happening this week. He's not going to get traded before the deadline. I think you said something really smart. And good teams are good situationally. And, and just right now on this offense, you know, you can look at PFF, you can look at uh, football outsiders, you can use it, you look at regular counting stats. The, I mean, this just is not a good situational offense. They are not good on third down. They don't get into the red zone often enough for a team that is poorly executes like they do. Um, you know, it's they don't, just, it's they don't just, have the talent to be a bad situational team either. Yes, that's, they that's don't. That's a real like, problem. That That's the problem. They have to be perfect situationally to get the most out of their offense. Because I see in the comments over and over, the Steelers have great weapons. No, no, they don't. They really don't. The Steelers don't. don't have great weapons. The Steelers have average weapons. They have average weapons. I mean, because for it to be a great weapon in and of itself, you could have a great wide receiver. But if your line is bad and your quarterback's okay, do you have a weapon? No. You have what you thought would be a potential weapon, but you don't have a weapon. They still need dudes. Like Double Eight said, the Steelers still need dudes. They still need some dudes. Now, you know, until they get better situationally on offense, this is going to be a struggle. They're probably not going to win next week after Philadelphia comes off of a week of self-scouting, cleaning up, and a correction. Week, a week of rest after being one of the best offensive teams in the game. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, it feels... Philadelphia <laughs> was the game I would have guaranteed they were going to lose at the beginning of this, this uh, four-game stretch that they mercifully get to finish next week at Philadelphia. Uh, that That's the game that I, I would have penciled in as the, the definite loss of all four of them even more so than Buffalo, just because we've seen what happens with Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Those games before this year were just always really low scoring and tight. Philadelphia is such a good balanced team uh, offensively in particular. Um, and they're, they're going to be able to get after the quarterback, which Miami could not do by the way, not a good pass rushing team at all. Philadelphia is going to be able to do that. That's a tough, that's a tough game for, for the Steelers. They don't match up well there at all. You know, and I don't think, to, to LT's point, I don't think anybody's saying Kenny Pickett is a bad player. We're saying he played poorly this evening and that it's fair to say that. If you look at the way he performed, that's what it was. He played poorly. That's it. No more, no less. And, and I think people... Put it, put it like this. If, if you want to look at it like this, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Lance, but take this game over eight games. Are you going to tell me that Kenny Pickett played well? No, you're not. You, you couldn't possibly do that. Kenny Pickett's parents wouldn't think that he played well or he was a good quarterback. We're spotting a trend early. If that's a problem, that's a problem. But for look, I, I'm not anti-Kenny Pickett. I was very anti-Mitch Trubisky. I wasn't huge <laughs> on Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is the guy who should start next week. Kenny Pickett needs to play a lot better than he did, period. You, you can't argue with that. If you are, then then you're a fanboy homer that, that only wants Kenny Pickett to be good because you said that he was good. He didn't play well. He hasn't really shown that he can play well. Let's see what happens. They've got to do more. He's got to get a lot better, though. It, it's I, I'm not yanking him. 
from the team. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not trying to bash the guy or anything. He didn't play well, and it doesn't look like he it, is able to do that consistently right now at this point in his career. And also the concerning thing on this offense is that, you know, as one of the listeners said, uh, no explosive plays is that I think if you look back across every game, I don't think the Steelers have averaged five yards of play in any game this year. I mean, their offense is just not explosive as well. So it's a dog as well. And it, it's, it's, it's working uphill in mud, you know, so you know, they just got a lot of problems. I mean, this is a developmental year. The quickest, the quicker yep. you get your head wrapped around that, the less you'll be frustrated. And you and it's it's just looking at the bits and pieces, the bits and bobs where Kenny is playing better, where Pickens is playing better. Okay, is the offensive line playing better in spells? You're trying to just really evaluate this team as it's moving. As you're looking at what do we need next year to continually to get this team better. Now, you don't want it to look like this in six weeks. You don't want it to look like this in eight weeks. You want it to be more cohesive. You want it to be more cohesive, a lot, a lot smoother, more rhythm. But this is what you're going to get when you have a rookie quarterback playing. It's going to kind of look like this. Yeah, can and, I, I want to give a quote here that Pickett just uh, said the ESPN's Brooke Pryor on the last interception that he threw. It's just a miscommunication, Pickett said. I thought he was going to come back down. He is in Deontay Johnson, who was the intended target on that play. Uh, he ended up going vertical. I wanted to put it high and outside, give him a chance to make a play. That's on me there. I've got to run it and get out of bounds or just throw it out which is true. Um, the throw was nowhere near where he's saying that it was. I, I don't think anyway. Um, Johnson probably should have gone vertical. So I miscommunication there for sure. Um, what Pickett saw on the play, it, I, it makes sense. That's kind of, if, if you look at it, it seems like that's probably what he thought, but uh, it's a tough read. Uh, it's a tough situation. It's a really, really bad time to, to, to do that. I'm, just saying what he said. I'm not. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's the easiest way to explain that probably when you're royally pissed off in the locker room and really just want to go home. Uh, I wouldn't call it a miscommunication. It was not a smart decision by a quarterback and the receiver wasn't there for that reason. So, um, I mean, I don't I don't not, I don't know good. what else not good we expect him to say other yeah. than hell man i threw a pick it was a bad play i mean i mean at that point in time i mean honestly he was already running too that was the thing the throw was so bad because he stopped he he was about to run and then he stopped and just flicked it it was just like uh and then you see the defender there it's like oh no <laughs> this did not just happen Oh boy! I mean, gonna, well, the one thing we do see is that this defense, <laughs> this defense is going to continue to compete. It, it'll be interesting to see what it'll look Good like when TJ Watt gets back. We definitely see that they're missing him from a pressure perspective because they just cannot get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, you remember that like fifty-one, sixty-one game uh, sack streak they had? Yes. When was the last time they had a sack? Did they get a sack tonight? 
They got a sack last week. They got two sacks last week. They get like a sack a game now. And while Watt is a big part of that, he's not the only part of that. Uh, Pressure is way down. You know, at the same time, you got two teams that they get rid of the ball pretty quickly in Tampa Bay and Miami. Uh, Philadelphia will probably play the same way. They also have a very good protection scheme going for them. But come New Orleans after the bye, when you get Watt back, it could put together a four or five sack game. It'll be fun to see. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Because in this game, they got no sacks and they got one quarterback hit. Tua, um, Tua yeah. gets rid of the ball. When they throw their yeah. deep stuff, they, they roll them out. It, it's kind of hard. Jesus, what the hell happened to our comments here? And so, yeah, wow. it's... it's <laughs> well, are, uh, put user in timeout. Uh, <laughs> Let's yeah, get I rid don't... of that. Well, that might be our cue. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> that, that might be What's our that? cue in the comments uh, to... <laughs> Uh, to get on out of here, LT man, come back anytime. Uh, good. Big Mike was blocked for about five minutes. Uh, Big Mike is a bot. Well, actually, you know what? I, I feel honored that a bot, season, man, this is what happens. This is what happens when you get a little more popular. Bots attack your show. Uh, so, yep. We're, we are on a radar somewhere at long Yes, lap. we are on a radar. So thank you guys. Somebody thinks we matter. <laughs> yeah, somebody thinks we matter and bots are attacking the show. Blast us with alt-right propaganda in the middle of our Steelers talk show. Yes. Yeah, because they'll be putting the vaccine in the football. You know, so maybe it'll cure the Steeler offense. It won't catch <laughs> uh, <laughs> up. In the or football. less of it. I don't know. We need something. something maybe that'll something. help. I mean, you know, hey, maybe they all need to get on the sticks and Madden. Who knows? I mean, this offense, it's just, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm probably so like bad. this because, you know, I'm 52. I mean, I've seen a lot of bad Steeler seasons. I mean, it, it, it ruffles me. It rankles me a bit. But this is where they're at. It's treading. It's a.k.a. sexy tanking. Uh, you know, it's good vibes, good vibes, good vibes, as C-Mac wants to say. It's good vibes. I mean, but the one thing we do know, Matt Canada won't be the coordinator next year. Problem is, you probably won't know who the coordinator is when they hire that I'm guy. Telling you, it's Sean Sullivan. They're going to hire Sean <laughs> Sullivan. Why people people get excited about the, the possibility of all these bright offensive minds like, who wants to come in and be the offensive coordinator of this team? Who would want to do that right now? Plus, they always hire somebody internal. Unless it's Todd Haley, who was kind of internal in a way. Nobody else is it's come in from the outside, like purely. Uh, I guess it's Mike Sullivan. I think it's Mike. Mike sorry, Sean Sullivan. That's the character from The Departed. Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach. I'm impressed, guy from, from Navy or wherever. Um, I'm impressed, Grayson. You knew it was Mike Sullivan. Yeah, thank you, Grayson. I, I was impressed he, with that. But I again, did not mean to call him Sean. I think I've done that a couple times now. Steelers lose a disappointing game in Miami. Once again, the offense fails to spark the team, fails to ignite the team, fails to get anything going. And the Steelers drop a tough one, 16 to 10 in Miami, a game in which their defense played fairly well or well enough in most instances to get a win. But unfortunately, the Steelers' offense was not good enough to do that. But with that, 
we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. Anything you want to say, Neil, before we get out of here? Tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> go Steelers and tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe.